What's up, my little true crime addicts? It's Grace. And Megan. And this is That So Criminal. Yeah, dude, I was about to say it with you, and then I was like, it's going to be super behind. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, we're recording virtually today, if you can't tell. Yeah, we're back to virtually. You probably can tell, because you probably, like, I don't know, heard little beepings of, like, you know, static and crap. But yeah. it's whatever. I was going to say sorry if you hear my cat, but I'm not sorry. You should feel lucky. He's you know, honestly, Samson is amazing, and if you have, if you can hear Samson, then that's, like, a Good light. You. you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Like, he's blessing your timeline. He is blessing your timeline. (laughs) He's blessing your feed. I know. I'm currently drinking, um, what is it? It's, like, lavender, vanilla, all of the yummy good stuff tea. That Uh, sounds so good, dude. Yeah. Megan and I have been a little sicky-icky, but, you know. Yeah, I, um, you can't hear it in my voice anymore, but, dude, like, the last few days I've been so sick, and I, um... Jack, I, you texted me yesterday, and you were like, it gives Jack a reason to take care of you. And I was like, I know. It does. As if he needs a reason. I know, right? Excuse me. No, but, yeah, no, my, like, my nose has just been so stuffed up, and I had, like, a horrible sore throat. I felt really gross, but. Yes, I need to to feel better and also to emotionally be healed by this case, because. Emotionally, emotionally healed, guys. Right? I'm ready to get away from David Parker Ray. I know that you guys are so excited for part two, but... Yes, and I know that Grace is excited to just, like, be able to sit back and, like, actually hear a story instead of, like, telling a horrible one. And to, like, never have to look at David Parker Ray ever again. But, yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah, so I guess we'll kind of just kick it off. Um, So, kind of? Last we picked up, we learned about Ray's last victim, Cynthia. We know that he and Cindy are in police custody. We talked about um, we talked about Cynthia. I want to talk kind of about his other victims as well. Um, well, at least like the ones that he, you know, uh, no, I'm not going to give you a spoiler. You'll find out. <laughs> I'm not going to give you a spoiler. Sorry. <laughs> so, um, again, just a little note. Uh, there is not, like, a ton of information on these victims. So, I got, like, as much as I could. Um, I think that's just because the time, as well as, you know, you'll kind of figure it out. David Parker Ray, wild case, wild man, psychotic, Yeah all of the not great adjectives um okay so i guess we'll just kind of kick it off cool beans in september 1989 a fisherman was out in mccray cove at elephant butte lake in elephant butte new mexico a mouthful um a mouthful right like i would love to meet who like made these town names up i don't Dude, there has been multiple <laughs> crazy names in this in this store, like Elephant Butte, New Mexico, and then you had what Truth or Consequences? 
Yeah. Which Crucial Consequences New Mexico, yeah. Did it make it in the episode when we both thought it was elephant butt? <laughs> I, I, I kept it in, dude. It was so funny. I cut, I ended up cutting out just, like, the very end because we both kind of just, like, trailed off and, like, zoned the freak out for, like, five minutes. But I kept it in. It was so funny. We said that full confidence, guys. Like, yeah. we full sent it. And you know what? I'm not ashamed. I would do- <laughs> She said, I'm not even ashamed. Oh, well. <laughs> So anyway, it's September 1989. Fisherman is out at, you know, Elephant Butt Lake. You know, LOL. Elephant <laughs> Butt Lake. Um, he finds something horrifying. Kind of just gives him the chills. Instead of snagging a fish like he thought he was going to be, he ends up snagging a blue tarp. Oh. Sign. I just couldn't, like, mm-mm. Part of you probably wants to put it back, and the other part is like open it up. So he yeah. does it up, and shockingly, furled up in the blue tarp is the dead body of a man shot in the back. Oh my gosh! So not at all what he wanted to find. I don't think anybody wants to. Unfortunately for the unknown, the John Doe in this situation, no identification would be made at the time and the body would be buried in a cemetery in Truth or Consequences, New Mexico. And it would be nearly a decade before that John Doe from the lake would be identified. In a even- decade? Yep. Oh my gosh, okay. And even longer before their killer faced consequences. So, kind of, that's one thing. Yeah, that's insane. 287 miles west of McCray Cove, sits Canal Motors, which is a used car business owned by Bill Stone and Billy Ray Bowers, um, which I don't, like, so many people in here have the name Ray. Um, I know, I was gonna, gross. I was about to be like, what is this? Like, right. uh, I don't need that anymore, but thank you, thank you for, I don't, like, find a different name. Anyway. <laughs> New Mexico, come on, find a different name. Right? Like, okay. <clears throat> so anyway, Employed at Canal Motors was none other than a very disgruntled mechanic named David Parker Ray. Oh, there he is. Right? I know. He's, like, everywhere. He's like that. He's just everywhere. Literally. It was known that Ray and Bowers often butt heads um, and, like, didn't really get along, right? But, unfortunately, it was not known how sick and twisted David Parker Ray was. So, September 22nd. 1989, Bowers was first reported missing by those close to him. When they put up a $5,000 reward and still heard nothing, everyone became incredibly worried. So for the next decade, Bowers would be missing without a trace. Nobody would get a hint of where he was. Which, like, really kind of breaks my heart. I, like, cold cases have such a special, like, place. I just, I couldn't imagine, like, something horrific happening to my loved one but then not knowing for like decades if not my entire life I yes like Like you said you said like almost a decade before like any consequences were faced and like the idea that like someone you care about someone you love you and like you know disappears dies and you just have no idea right you never know justice and you never like truly there's something like that in the case I'm doing now and it just kills me it's just, like, so sad to me, honestly. It, it's very upsetting. Yeah. So, although it has never fully been proven that David Parker Ray murdered Bowers, in March 1999, during their arrest, 
Cindy Hindy said that Ray claimed to have killed Bowers, 53, who was 53 at the time, and dumped him in that lake. Oh my gosh. Here. Thankfully, a positive ID was made from the John Doe found in the lake to Bowers, and when he was finally identified, his son quickly gave him a proper burial in Maine Cemetery in, get ready guys, because I'm going to butcher the crap out of this, <laughs> Neosho, I don't know, Missouri. Oh, okay. Dope name, I'm sorry that I just can't pronounce anything. Um, okay, because like, same. Right? So like, that is believed to be one of David Parker's raised first victims because truly the horrible thing is we don't actually know how many victims he has that's okay that dude that is so scary that was like the one guy that i did um oh gosh harold shipman yeah 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 where where it was like nobody really knows how many victims he has it was probably over like 250 or something right and that is terrifying and it's just like really upsetting because like he'll never like they're not you're not getting justice for like everyone that should have gotten justice and it's just like holy crap like okay not only are you scary after i'm hearing the however many victims i'm talking about but like wow you could have i mean thousands hundreds like and nobody would know exactly so that is kind of the tale about billy bowers um next on September 30th, 1995, Jill Suzanne Troya's parents reported her missing. She was last seen in the Frontier Restaurant in Albuquerque, New Mexico in the early mornings of October 1st, 1995. Jill had been out with some friends at the ranch bar and was last seen with Jesse Ray. Does that sound familiar? Jesse Ray. Wait, yes, right? We mm-hmm. know Jesse Ray is David Parker's what? David Parker Ray's daughter. Oh my gosh. Okay. So she was last seen with some friends who one of which was conveniently this horrific man's daughter. Oh my god. Okay. To the Frontier restaurant. And sadly to this day that's it. What? That's it. Oh my gosh. To this day, she has never been found, and no information on her has ever been revealed. Wait, 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 wait. His daughter or the friend? The okay. friend, Jill Suzanne Troya, went okay. like missing from uh, on September 30th, 1995. She was reported missing October 1st, 1995. Okay. And she was out with uh, Jesse Parker Ray and David's daughter. Never seen from again, never heard from no information has been released on her so if you do know anything about this case which really hoping that one of our true crime little true crime addicts actually does have some information you can contact detective heather chavez with the albuquerque police at 505-768-2020 everybody get that yeah anybody knows anything oh my god that's so sad the fact that it like to this day, like, nobody knows anything, and, and it's just, it's so, just, like, angering, because you, in your head, you're like, David, it was you, just freaking, like. We all know what happened. Like, yeah, which like, sucks. just admit it at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, that, is he still alive in jail? I don't know if you, I don't know if you want to spoil, but. I'm not gonna spoil. Uh, okay, ah, okay, it's killing me. We'll get there. Okay. So, next, we're gonna talk about Kelly Garrett. 
Kelly Garrett met her friend, Jesse Ray, at the Blue Water Saloon on July 24th, 1996. Okay. Argument with her husband. So her husband and her were arguing. She says she doesn't even remember about what. She decides, I need to get out of here. I'm going to go blow off steam. She gets in contact with Jesse Ray. She's like, oh my gosh, let's go to the saloon. And it was here that she was drugged by Jesse at a bar where they believed like she put something in her drink. Um, but again, she has not the best memory about this. So it was after she drugged Kelly that Jesse called her father Ray to pick them up from the bar. And once Ray and Jesse Is that another Ray? No, so sorry, let me clarify. I'm calling David Parker Ray just Ray because Okay, okay. in the first part and low key David Parker Ray is a mouthful and I'm just going to refer to Jesse Ray as Jesse. Um and then I refer to most of his victims by their first name. So like Kelly, I'm just calling Kelly even though her full name's Kelly Garrett. Um Okay. That works. So, it's like a, I should have made a little disclaimer about that in the beginning, but <laughs> No, it's all good. I just was like, there's no way. There's no way there's another way. Okay, so just to reiterate, Kelly Garrett met Jesse Ray at Blue Water Saloon, July 24th, 1996. She was arguing with her husband. Anyway, at the saloon, Jesse drugs Kelly, they think, via her drink, and then she calls Ray, her father, to come pick them up from the bar. So once Ray and Jesse get Kelly inside of the car, they put a metal dog collar around her neck and transport her back to Ray's home. Oh my, oh my gosh. Jesse freaking helps him? Yeah, his own daughter. Oh my gosh. Which, like, we've talked about it before. Like, how do you, like, talk about that stuff with your significant other or, like, a friend? Let alone, like, hey, daughter of mine. I yeah. horrific, sick, nasty stuff. Do you want to help? Also, what? <laughs> how old is his daughter? Um, I don't actually know at the time. I had a really difficult time finding birthdays for them, so I don't actually know how old she was at this point. Okay. But above 18, like, I think she was, like... Definitely old enough to, like, know that this is wrong. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay, so I just looked it up and I found out that she was 29. We had to do some back math because it's yeah. her birth year. And y'all know that ba- that a math-, math is not our strong suit. So, yeah. so we did it, guys. <laughs> so she was 29 at the time of the whole Kelly Gary incident. So anyway, they put her in the back of Ray's car and put a metal dog collar on her, which like, ugh, my skin is crawling. That's... That is so freaking messed up. Right? So for four days, four days, which like really kind of similar to Cynthia's case. Remember, she was like kidnapped for kind of like three. Yeah. Four. It was only uh, a few days and then she escaped. Yeah. Right. Thankfully. Yeah. Ray tortured Kelly, which uh, again, also trigger warning because I didn't put it at the beginning of this one, but it will be in this one. Uh, trigger warning for like sexual assault, um, just graphic, gory stuff. I you know, I know this is a true crime podcast, but some things can be a little touchy for some people. And in this one, we're talking about a lot of sexual trauma. Um, so again, trigger warning. 
if you listen to this with kids in the car, maybe don't. I'm not. Right. So, yeah. So yeah, for sure. Anyway. So, okay. For four days, Ray tortured Kelly while his daughter watched. Oh, oh my gosh, dude. Yep. So his oh daughter gosh. watching him sexually assault, rape, I mean, brutally torture and psychologically, physically harm this woman who is supposedly her friend. This like, is just terrifying. It just shows you never know people's true intentions. You only know a person for who they let you, like, for all the information they give you, for who they let you see, is that's who you know. Got yeah, and guys, all of our all of our true crime addicts, our listeners out there, I mean, I'm not saying, like, you know, put up a guard to everybody, but just when you're out, um, just don't be don't trust people right away. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not trying to be like, oh my gosh, no, but everyone's evil. But like, just kind of what Grace said, like, yeah, before you never get in a car with a stranger, like, let, let's go back to like all this stuff. Never get in the car with a stranger. Like, you know what I mean? Don't, don't drink someone's drink that they offer you. You know what I mean? Like, just you truly don't know. Yeah. You and that's just- like, thing, like Maggie and I talk about all the time, like, what was the case? I'm not going to say what podcast covered it, but there was like a podcast that covered the Ted Bundy. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, wow, the amount of like victim shaming in terms of like, guys, no, you you never know anybody's intentions. Right, right. I mean, like there are kids of serial killers who are like, no, like Ted Bundy's like, I don't want to call her his stepdaughter because it wasn't, but like his girlfriend's daughter, like she had no idea like they never saw that from him but like also we are not here to victim blame at all because especially like not that it's applicable in this case but like there are times when like people are like oh my gosh I never help people okay well that's not realistic because like all right if a serial killer is acting injured or whatever it's right go and like help people and there are like there are evil people out there and like it is unavoidable for men and women sometimes to cross their paths like so not we're like never saying like oh my god like it's your fault every time because it's not it's it's right. like it is almost always never your fault of like oh no a hundred percent it's not we are not saying it's like anyone's fault or like attempt or just like saying like you guys should know but that's not what we're saying I'm just I'm just more like I just it just really scares me when you hear these stories and it's like I thought you were my friend I thought I could trust mm-hmm. you you know what I mean and it's like you just don't until you truly know somebody that you I mean, until you feel you truly know somebody you don't know them yeah you know what I mean it's like okay wow you want to believe that there's good in the world but the fact that you have to be guarded like that sucks yeah so end yep. to our little tangent but yeah end to our tangent sorry it's just that there's so much evil there's evil afoot evil sorry that really resonated with me i liked that <laughs> there's evil afoot are you trying to quote spongebob right yes! <laughs> i knew it i knew it evil. <laughs> jack just walked in the room and started doing it too as he should <laughs> bless you jack evil. <laughs> so anyway back to this horrific case okay. uh so Jessie is in here watching her father torture her friend in unimaginable ways. So Kelly was drugged, 
raped, shocked with electricity, bound in horrific ways, and on the fourth day of her torture, Ray drove Kelly to an isolated spot near the desert where he slit her throat. Oh my gosh. I just, I have, like, I just have so much, like, hurt in my heart for that, like, for her, for the family, for everyone involved that had to, like, hear about this later. You know what I mean? Like, that's just so, that's just terrible. Right? So, uh, after seeing her bleed, he walked away. Um, but little did he know, Kelly Garrett was still alive. (gasps) Okay, oh my god. Oh my god, that was the best surprise ever. Okay, okay, okay. I was like, I cannot say anything. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, that's amazing. Okay. So when she woke up, after having her literal throat slit, like, guys... (laughs) This woman is a freaking queen, a strong queen. Right? I love it. Somehow found her way home. And here's like, this part really irks me. So I'm going to try to just get through it. Unfortunately, when she returned home, her husband did not believe what happened to her due to her lack of memory of the situation. And her husband actually believed after seeing his wife come home with a slit throat. That she was cheating on him. Oh. Oh, no, no, no. Yep. Oh, no. Okay, so ex-husband now. And, um, okay, no, I just want to scream. I would be like, hey, man, um, I don't, I don't even know. Nope. Like, I, I can't even express the absolute writhing anger inside me. Like, this is one of those times where you're so angry, you're just completely calm. And yeah like, no okay. oh my god okay like it's like it's like in euphoria cassie when she's like <gasps> oh my gosh yeah that's what it is yep. it's like okay <laughs> okay guys we oh love my her god. but cassie, yeah we do love her so anyway she said that she didn't she couldn't even blame him because she didn't even know what to tell him she couldn't even call the police because she had no memory of the situation So shortly after this, her and her husband did divorce, and she moved to Colorado. Yes. Yes. Okay, so pulling back from part one, um, do you, hopefully all of you, remember how I said that Ray liked to videotape things? Yes. Okay. So in 1999, after Cynthia escapes and the police go to this man's house and are like, what the hell? Um, they find a videotape labeled 1996. Okay. And in this videotape, they are watching the horrific abuse of a woman who is drugged, unconscious, all of the things. And they end up releasing a small photo from the video of an ankle tattoo. And it was then in 1999 that Kelly Garrett's ex-mother-in-law recognized the tattoo on her ankle in the videotape and led to her story being corroborated and her memory being, like, jogged about the stuff. Oh, my God! Okay, I actually, like, want to cry right now because I'm just, like... Goosebumps. I am so... like I, li- I just got goosebumps, Grace. I'm not kidding. Like, I literally just, like, right? something took over. I was like, holy crap. The Okay, I am so... The fact that she 
was told like we don't believe you we can't you know you you don't have any have any memory of this and she had this blank like this this darkness in her mind like she didn't have that amount of like that time period in her brain she didn't know what happened and now she's looking back and she's like holy crap was that me that's me and like can you imagine the self-doubt you probably have to go through I mean like I cannot imagine like wow talk about being unable to trust yourself of like oh my gosh I think all these things happened to me I don't feel good I blah 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 I mean yeah like I have this scar on my neck and I don't know why and now she's looking back I mean like but that also like I also hate to think that she looks back and is like oh I was right like oh my god I was absolutely tortured and like I can't imagine like how her ex-husband felt oh my gosh I know the fact that her ex-mother-in-law was like oh my god oh my gosh you know what I mean because you know that she was like crap we did not believe her right you have to have some type of an inkling as a woman of like or like being an empath of like, hmm, this is not sitting right with me. Yeah. Yep. Like, oh. So anyway, that is the wonderful survival tale of another one of David Parker Ray's victims. Oh my gosh, I, 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 I feel like I feel weird being like, oh, I love that because I don't love it. Like I don't like I don't love anything about this. Yeah. But, but like really, I'm just wow. Thank you, universe, for giving this woman a full circle moment of like oh my gosh talk about a healing journey I'm able to like get my memory back of all of this stuff to understand fully what happened to me and like work through it and then trust myself again yes like exactly okay so next in July 1997 so a year after Kelly Garrett's incident um which incident is like not a great thing to call it, but you know. right. But I, we, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. On the shores of Elephant Butte Lake, Sylvia Marie Parker, and she really goes by Marie, was a 22 year old mother of two who was currently homeless and living in a tent that she actually borrowed from David Parker Ray. Oh, her boyfriend at the time was none other than this man named. We're going to call him Yancey. That's his last name, who we'll kind of touch on in a minute. But just remember, her boyfriend is Yancey. And July 5th, 1997, um, she was abducted, given cocaine, along with a bunch of other drugs, by Jesse Ray, who's coming back around. Uh, to, like, be the worst friend in the history of all. At, like, he should just never be allowed to make friends. <laughs> so uh, she was tortured for several days before being strangled to death by her boyfriend. What? Yancey. Yeah. This all is happening to David Parker Ray's toy box. Wait, Yancey was like helping? What the yeah. frick? Yep. Oh, that's horrible. So I met- I'm like 90% sure I mentioned Yancey in the first episode as, um, uh, one of the friends. So if I didn't, let me just recap. So Yancey, I'll kind of talk about him a little bit in a second after the victims. Um, he is actually a friend of David Parker Ray's daughter, Jesse, and himself, David Parker Ray, um, and of Cindy Hindi. And basically, 
um, I was listening to these like really powerful interviews done by Cynthia and she said that, you know, they would constantly threaten, like, we have friends, like, you don't want to know. And actually, there was an incident during her captivity where, I didn't say this in the first episode, but wanted to kind of touch on it now, where Yancey came to the trailer and was banging on the door. And Cindy Hindi, you know, had a brief conversation, wouldn't let him in. And basically told Cynthia, oh, yeah, you don't want us to let him in. He'll do worse stuff to you than we would. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay, that is... Do you know what really gets me? I mean, a lot of this is getting me. You know what? But I, I'm wonder. I don't even have that many friends. So where are these <laughs> absolute monsters finding other monster friends? Bro, right? Like, like, what the hell? Like, you're telling me I'm a person that doesn't enjoy tor- torture, and it's, like, hard for me to make friends. So, like, how are these people just, like, what is happening? Unfortunately, it's, like, depraved parts of the world, and, like, depravity attracts other depravity like like meg and i would ride for each other until the end we do done embarrassing things with each other for each other you name it but like nah if meg's ever was like hey i'm really into like this crazy sadistic stuff i'd be like yeah you'd be like um all right well let's let's have a conversation about this because no talk to somebody no, Grace, would, Grace would immediately call me a therapist <laughs> immediately ring Jack and be like hey are you gonna take this one or like is this a me thing yeah yeah so, 100% also once again um, we've said this in podcast like, in other episodes before um, if you're I don't care if it's your best friend I don't care who it is if somebody d- makes a like quote joke unquote that about killing somebody or about like how they want to kill somebody it's not a joke call the cops okay never funny like not funny okay like why don't you just like trauma lol later when they're arrested because yeah like if grace like i love grace and i are best friends i love her to death call the cops on me no. But like if 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 and I know for a fact that if we Jake if, if I almost said Jake I don't know who the frick Jake is <laughs> if Grace and I were talking and I was like yeah I kind of want to murder someone she'd be like haha nine one one like oh okay this conversation took a turn and I'm no longer with it <laughs> yeah yeah this conversation is all over the place and I'm I'm not very I'm not loving this right anyway so- this conversation did take a turn though so why don't you go back to this? well. <laughs> I have to talk about Yancey, which like, ugh, gross. So anyway, um, that's kind of a little bit about Yancey. I know I didn't like crazy touch on him in the first episode because like really wanted to harp on Cynthia's like amazing survival story and backgrounds and whatnot. Um. So anyway, uh, lost my place, but I found it. Okay, so she Sylvia Marie Parker. She was mostly referred to by Marie again tortured for several days before being strangled to death by her freaking boyfriend so horrible absolutely horrible yancy eventually when he was taken into custody would tell police where her body was in an abandoned building in truth or consequences but that she you know she showed no obvious signs of torture when they found her body um but her murder would actually she was ended up being found beforehand um her murder would not be connected to Ray until that 1995 confession by Yancey. 
where he kind of eventually turns on Ray. But during his arrest, wild, Ray says that he sold copies of the snuff film of Marie online to some of his acquaintances who were also into sadistic torture. But You're I'm- freaking joking, dude. That is terrifying. That's horrible. So- oh my gosh. Brain of salt because unfortunately they were actually never able to prove whether or not that was true and we all know that murderers like to just kind of like bolster themselves and puff up their feathers during confessions so very true very true unfortunately don't know if that's true or not which really kind of sucks because like all right you're not like nobody thinks that you're cool for that correct also i think it's funny that um all of these quote-unquote like i have friends like that also like to torture they always and i mean always end up turning on each other right so now we're going to kind of move on to another victim um about a month a month before cynthia was taken right 1999 right angela montano i hope that's how you say it i looked it up and i feel like that's how you say it so i'm feeling confident and um Sorry, also I said that wrong. Her name's not Angela. It's Angelica (laughs) who was actually an acquaintance of Ray's before she was one of his victims, came to his home to borrow some cake mix, which Cindy Hindi told her, yep, I have some. Which arrived, she was grabbed, drugged, and trapped inside the toy box. So Angelica was actually the one to convince Cindy and Ray to release her before they dumped her along the highway. And luckily, an off-duty officer saw her, picked her up, and when she told him what happened for some reason, he did not believe her. Oh my gosh, dude. Okay, yeah. it's really getting me because there's, there's quite a few of um, David Parker Ray's victims that survived. And it just seems like nobody's believing them, nobody is taking it seriously, because he could have been caught so many times here. Oh my god, yeah. And so he drops, this police officer drops uh, Angelica off at a bus stop. And later when she called the police to report the incident, they just like never followed up with her. See, and you know why? It's because people judge based on like, you know, your, your job. They judge based on the way you look, the way you act, the way that like, they're just like, I don't want to deal with you. I don't. Well, not like this. We've said it before in part one. This is the type of stuff. You see in a horror movie and go like, oh, I'm literally not scared because that would never happen. Like, that's yeah. That's okay. That's also, that's a good point. When you, when you're describing like he has this toy box and it has this chair with all, people are like, oh yeah, haha, like you're crazy. But I mean, also don't just, just always believe them. Always believe them. You know what I mean? And obviously if it's not true, that can be proved, but believe someone. Well, I mean, I'm not going to tell you to just, like, believe everything you hear. But, like, if someone, like, a, a victim at the cops, you know what I mean? If you're a police officer, you have to follow up. Come on. Just follow up. Because the person is obviously hurt and terrified, so. Like, we even have to say that? Like, that's your job. Exactly. Come on. So, those are kind of all the victims we're going to talk about. Um, and now we're kind of going to move into, like, the whole court aspect. Um so here's kind of where we're going to talk about Dennis Roy Yancey, um, which his middle name isn't Ray, but it's Roy, which is close enough nasty and close to it. So um, 
not saying that the name Roy is nasty. I'm just saying he's nasty. We love you, Roy's. Um, so anyway, Dennis Roy Yancey is arrested along with everybody because he's cited as an accomplice. So he yeah. confesses to helping Jesse lure his girlfriend, Marie Parker, into Ray's trailer where she would sadly never escape from. Ugh, and so terrifying. Here is where Yancey would say that Ray forced him to strangle her to death. But like, okay, side note on that, um, no. Yeah, just as long no. it takes somebody to strangle somebody to death, no. And like, it also doesn't matter if you were forced or not, you still killed somebody. Like so just no. What what an unbelievable lie, but like, okay, nice try. Yeah. So, prosecutors noted that actually, unfortunately, no forensic evidence was able to link Marie to Ray and his daughter. Which really sucks. So, yeah. unfortunately, that, like, wasn't able to really be wrapped up with the rest of them. I hate that. Right? So, Yancey was eventually charged with kidnapping, two counts of conspiracy to commit a crime, and tampering with evidence, and was sentenced to 30 years in prison. See ya! But, see ya! <laughs> in 2010... He was unfortunately paroled after serving only 11 years. Are you joking right now? Yeah. So 11 not- years for like like strangling his girlfriend and helping them torture her? Yeah. Along with like other stuff. Like we don't there's yeah. no how much involvement he actually had. So anyway, he was paroled after 11 years, but his release from prison was actually delayed. Due to a bunch of, like, difficulty regarding, like, you have to, like, secure residency after getting out of prison. And, like, there was difficulty doing that. But um, this was actually really funny. Um, So, in 2011, a year after, or, like, no, I'm sorry, that's a lie. Um, In 2011, three months after his release, he was charged with violating his parole and remanded to custody where he remained until 2021 to finish out his original sentence. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. Because, okay. I heard somebody say this one time and it like stuck. I forget where I heard it, but someone said like, oh, well he got, you know, on parole for good behavior. He got out. And I'm like, of course he did. Because obviously in prison, he can't torture and kill and rape. Right. So like, there's of course he's going to be good. He's going to be on good behavior. He can't do what he wants to do. Right. Like there's no women also there. Exactly. There's no women. So like, yeah, he's chilling. He's, he's gonna, he's gonna act well because for one, he wants to get out. And for two, he literally physically can't do, like, he can't kill. So, so uh, yeah, anyway, I uh, hope he's doing terrible. You suck. Yeah. hate you. Um, yeah. We hope you never find love because... You don't deserve it. Horrible. You don't deserve it. You're a horrible person. I hope you stub your toe every day. I hope you step on a Lego. Oh, good one. So, now we're going to talk about... So, Jesse Ray's name is actually Glenda Jesse Parker Ray. I don't really know where they got the Jesse part. Her name is Glenda, but... Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Anyway. So, Jesse Ray, Ray's daughter, was arrested at her father's home by the FBI uh, and New Mexico State Police in April 1999 at the age of 32. She was arrested on 12 charges of kidnapping and criminal penetration 
and taken to the New Mexico State Police Office in Truth or Consequences, New Mexico, and was held on a $1 million bond. Good. Yes. We're going to pause there because her end actually wraps up with her dad. So next up is none other than Cindy Hindi. Uh, During her interview with police at 39 years old, she claims that Cynthia was a heroin addict who they were trying to detox. Oh my gosh. Yeah, whatever. Even, even so against her will. So doesn't matter. Here's the thing. Um, you chained her to a wall and she was naked and bloody. Yeah, so I don't know what kind of detox thing you had going on here, girlfriend, but like, no. <laughs> okay, also like everything in your home doesn't really corroborate that. Like, um, It's so funny the stories okay. people go to and you're just like, bro, are you like good? Because what is that? Like, they, what is that? They just think they're so smart and they're not. Exactly. And it just, it honestly makes me laugh. Right. So anyway, police saw through this immediately. Okay, Cindy Hindi. Especially though, if they didn't see through it then, they heard audio tapes that backed up Cynthia's story. Because literally were recording themselves torturing these women. Yeah. Never get caught. So, Okay. Yeah. Need all criminals to stay stupid, please. Please all stay stupid, criminals. We love it. Right. Sorry, guys. Take a sip of my tea. <laughs> it's good tea, yeah, but I want some. Right? So things only got worse for Cindy when police also discovered a video of her and Ray torturing women. Oh. Tells police, oh, well, okay. You got me. Except for I only whipped Cynthia, but like right to the rest. So it's like they're just desperate. It's it's like they think anything that like is gonna look better, and <laughs> nothing's gonna look better, Cindy. Oh, yeah, nothing. When police directly ask her, okay, like were you involved in this? She goes, um, no. <laughs> well, kind of. Like, ma'am? No, well, kind of. No, ma'am, yes or no? Were you involved in this? If you had any knowledge of this happening, then you're involved. Like, there is no kind of being involved in the torture of another human being. But, so, anyway, after kind of seeing a few videos, police realized that Cynthia was not their only victim. And that's kind of when they start discovering, that's when they find out Kelly, all of the other victims. Right. Um, Yeah. So then at this point, Two other victims, uh, Angelica, you know, and Kelly, come forward after they find Kelly in the video. And then Angelica actually remembers her experience. And once uh, Cindy was, sorry, what? Once Cindy was informed of all of this, the consequences hit her like a truck. She realized that if she was convicted uh, on 25 felony counts of kidnap and criminal penetration, that she would be facing 197 years in prison oh my gosh yes so this is when she turned on ray and agreed to a plea deal on april 6th 1999 immediate see it's always immediate like turning on they're always like yep i'm gonna betray them immediately yeah so through her cooperation she revealed even more of their sadistic methods 
how together they would force victims to watch themselves be mutilated and shove them into a wooden contraction so that, like we talked about this, so their friends and even animals could rape them. And a key piece that she revealed was that they had another accomplice, Roy Yancey. Oh. He is then arrested. Whatever. I know I talked about him first, but there's not a ton on him, so figured to get it out of the way. Anyway, this is where she revealed that Ray actually forced um, Yancey to kill one of the women. So looking at kind of a bit more, like, maybe Ray did, but also, no, like, sorry. So she revealed um, that Ray forced him to do that. Marie Parker, whom he kidnapped and strangled her, buried her out in the desert, whatever, her body was moved. Um, So in return for her testimony, her charges, this pisses me off, her charges were lessened from 25 felony counts of kidnapping and criminal penetration to two counts of accessory to kidnapping two counts of accessory to criminal penetration and one count of conspiracy to kidnap. What? Yeah. So it took it, it took it down that much. So even with these lessons charges, she was still facing a maximum of 54 years and a minimum of 12 years. Oh my God. It just, I know, but it makes me so angry because there's a similar thing like that in the case that I'm doing right now, where it's just like, okay fine i'll admit to it therefore you can take out the charge and it's like what you still did it yeah no like here maybe i'll take off like a year exactly exactly but it just makes me i hate plea deals sometimes i really do i know right which like it sucks because it's like you basically have to figure out the lesser of two evils of like exactly yeah which oh oh that's the whole thing we could talk about but Ultimately, Cindy Hindy was sentenced to 36 years in prison. At least it's majority of her life. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, she was, what, 39 then? So she'd be whatever, 70-something. So after serving only 19 years, she was released on July 15th, 2019. Um, And she was let out early due to her plea deal happening Three months before a new law was put into place requiring criminals to serve 85% of their sentences. Bro! Oh, that makes me angry. Yep. So, all right. Here's a big one. David Parker Ray. The big one. The big one. After being arrested on March 22nd, 1999, at 59 years old, just like Cindy Andy, he claimed that Cynthia was a heroin addict that they were trying to detox bullshit that was just the story that they all came up with like you know it like right like okay when police reviewed all of the items found in the toy box they arrested him immediately and charged with 12 different criminal charges including kidnapping and aggravated assault good a judge for the trial for cynthia vigil angelica montano oh my sorry guys (laughs) um montano and kelly garrett would be severed so basically all of them are going to be tried separately which is, like, great, you know. There's not, like, they happen in different years. It's not like it happened consecutively. I mean, you know. Uh, right, right. Some of them are closer. But this did suck because it didn't really help prosecution since each case kind of bolstered the other. Um, but on top of that, the judge actually ruled that a ton of the evidence from the 1999 raid of the toy box of Ray's and home um, basically that they would not be like admissible in court for Angelica and Kelly's cases. 
which sucks. Oh, what the heck? I mean, it makes sense because, all right, we can't really prove that all of this stuff was in the toy box at the time of their crimes. Like, you know what I mean? Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Which, like, like, I hate David Parker Ray, I hate Cindy Hindy, like, all of them, but, like, from a legality standpoint, these rules are in place, whatever, I don't mean- it's there to keep things fair and, you know, correct. So, factual. Or at least try to keep them fair. So, anyway. Um, um, so, his trial officially began on March 28, 2000. And his defense was that the sex trailer was part of his fantasy life. Okay. <laughs> All right. Anything that happened in there was completely and totally consensual. Right. Like, sir... I was indeed not born yesterday. Yeah, exactly. Like, do you think... Well, that's the thing, is he believes that we're idiots, because he's a narcissist. He believes that everyone's an idiot, and he's confident as hell, and he's going to get away with everything that he did. So, like, oh, okay. Um, Sounds great. Let me ask this woman if it was consensual. Oh, she said no, it wasn't. Okay. Yeah, I think we're going to go with her. Thank you. So, when jury selection had been finalized, Ray actually had a heart attack, which postponed the trial for a bit. Um, But... Kelly and Cynthia got to testify against him during, like, the trial, which is just kind of a nice note, and I'll talk about that more in a second. So another trial postponement came from Ray, who was also then being charged with a July 1996 murder in Colorado, which, like, the evidence was super weak, so I'm not even going to go into that. Um, On May 7th, though, really, really tragically, um, Angelica died of a drug overdose sadly taking her testimony to the grave with her oh so broke my heart to kind of read that and just that is really sad you know, her mom will kind of i'll kind of say that for the end but there's some stuff her mom said about her so on may 23rd a new jury was selected and the trial was able to actually finally freaking start good at this trial fbi expert mary o'toole which is such an adorable last name i love that i know right she said that Ray's customization of his quote-unquote tools and the toolbox was impressive in terms of sexual sadism as they were almost all potentially lethal. Cost a crap ton of money and the fact that he kept all of this a secret for years. So she went on to say that there's no known therapy for this type of, I'm going to try to pronounce this, paraphilia, uh, which okay. is like a sexual kink. Um, yeah only be stopped through apprehension. Um, Ray was officially charged with 12, 12 counts of kidnapping, sexual abuse, and conspiracy. And in July, the judge declared that uh, there was a mistrial since the jury couldn't agree on a verdict. The jury uh, couldn't agree? Yeah. Bye. Excuse me? Oh, my God. So I don't know if that's just they couldn't agree on all of them. I, I don't know. I don't know. True. So okay. none of them were convinced that the victims had been held against their will, which is oh. real bullshit. Are you freaking kidding me right now, dude? What is it with everyone not believing these people? This tells me in the early 2000s that there were probably a lot of men um, since we didn't really have the Me Too movement back then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not really going to keep commenting on that. So, yeah anyway <laughs> in november uh the retrial started 
until the judge passed away in the first few days of the trial. Dude. Yes. Okay, that's sad. But also, like, this freaking dude just needs to be convicted. Right? So now, the new trial wouldn't start until April 2001. So it's been a long time coming. Yeah, it's been a while. And thankfully, this time, Ray was found guilty on all counts. Good. And in June of that year, his second trial, because that was, like, the trial for Kelly. In June of this year, or, yeah, 2001, his second trial for Cynthia began. But this time... A literal week later, man gets a plea deal. Bro! Here comes Jesse Ray back into it. He said that he would plead guilty in exchange for his daughter, who had been an accomplice to at least one murder, to receive a 30-month sentence and five years probation. What? No. Yep. 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 Okay. No, I hate the whole righteous thing too. Like, let me just help my daughter. Like, no, no, no. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yep. I'm actually like really angry right now. Yeah, so. So she can Stop. just torture, she helps torture people. She helps kill people. And then she's like, I'm dead. I only had a 30, like, oh, frick. I'm so mad. Okay. Yeah, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> circle back to when we were like yeah you ever hear something so stupid you're just filled with so much rage that you're like okay that's me right now i'm just like okay bye okay ray maintained his innocence for the entirety of his trial um and unfortunately even today there's actually like very little evidence tying him to all of his crimes unfortunately he was very smart in covering everything up which really sucks because like these women are left with mental scars physical scars that will never go away i mean there's think about the women that weren't found i mean his daughter had even said that like at one point his dad sold women into like sex slavery over the mexico border like and unfortunately there's no evidence like that is it's just so messed up yep this whole i mean this whole thing is just everything about this is incredibly messed up and incredibly incredibly not right you know what i mean but oh yeah it just makes me so angry when you hear of these monsters these people that that has just caused so many people so much pain. Like, Jesse yeah. has caused so many people so much pain, and she's just going to basically get away with it. Yeah, so David Parker Ray has had detailed journals about his victims that he tortured and has admitted to burying bodies, although none have ever been found. The FBI sent out over 100 agents to investigate the property, like his property and the surrounding area, but unfortunately found no evidence of human mar- remains. During their investigation of his property and like everything we're trying to talk about they found hundreds of pieces of jewelry clothes and other items believed to belong to victims that can actually all be seen on the fbi's website and it's it's like really sad um and even with all this evidence authorities were un what did i say it like that (laughs) authorities 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 were unable to create any additional cases okay now we're kind of going gonna go into the victim impact statements um kelly thankfully was able to make a vimpic oh my guys (laughs) her english is is hurting right now a victim a victim impact statement after finding comfort in holding cynthia's hand in court which i think is so kelly said that she wanted ray to live a long time and to suffer every moment of it in prison and that such a sick pervert won't even be able to make any friends in prison. 
she hoped she said that she hoped that he would be a controller and or I'm sorry that he would lose all control and be used in the exact same manner in which he used women I love it importantly and I think so beautifully she stressed that she was not a victim at all but in fact a survivor from David Parker Ray oh I love that Kelly that was beautiful right so uh Loretta Romano um Angelica's mother actually said like she calls her Angie so she said that Angie had a wonderful heart but when she returned after meeting David Parker Ray she lost all respect lost her smile and lost everything because of David Parker Ray she said that she is there for Angie's two boys whose lives have been ruined by David Parker Ray and she that she felt sorry for Ray and that she forgives him knowing that Angie would too but that all that said, she would never forget this or all the things that he has done. Oh, my gosh. Okay, that that really, really freaking got me. Yeah. Especially the lost her smile and, like, lost her. Right. Like, like was, basically. Got so involved in drugs after this and died of an overdose. Because, I mean, how do you even cope with that trauma? And she remembers everything. Like, that's so, I hate that. That just makes me so sad. So Cynthia's grandmother, Bertha, I love that name. Um, wasn't that like your sister's car name or something? Yeah, Bertha. Shout <laughs> out to you, Lindsay. <laughs> Bertha. Yeah. So anyway, Cynthia's grandmother, Bertha, was next to speak. And girl, she was cutthroat. Rightfully so. Oh, I love I, I love this. I want to hear this. Oh, my God. He said that David Parker Ray was a sorry excuse for a human being and asked him how he would like it if she did to him uh, or to his daughter what he did to Cynthia. He said that Cynthia had recurring nightmares and that Ray had ruined her entire family's what? Ruined her entire family's lives as well as her own. Um, which side note, um, totally and completely fully understand why they're saying that they ruined their lives. But like, guys listening, please don't ever think that your life is over because of your trauma because you are so much better and bigger than your trauma yes can't even imagine having this type of trauma Megan and I have our own type and like we've talked about it but like I don't know everyone's trauma and obviously this is heavy but don't let your abuser win like I hope that you are all able to go to therapy find a way to heal yourselves because like we desperately need such beautiful people and like yeah those people like get your smile back get that control back and I know it's so difficult and like I'm speaking with not going through anything that these women have gone through, but, like, we desperately want you all to be here. Like, we need beautiful people on this earth, and we love you all so much, and, like, only want the best for you. So just try to, like, although I'm sure that they're not saying this and meaning it that way, your life is not over. You are so much bigger than your trauma, and so just wanted to say that. So I love that. That was really good. Yes, everyone listen to that because that was really well said and that is very true. Thanks. So anyway, lastly, <laughs> back to Cutthroat Bertha. <laughs> she said that she praised the David Parker guy's uncomfortable laugh because I'm just like, oh my god, pop off queen. And also I'm laughing because it's hilarious. So she <laughs> that David Parker Ray suffers every day for the rest of his life and that quote, Satan has a place for you. I hope you burn in hell forever. Mic yes. drop. Mic drop. Mic drop, Bertha. Like, Bertha, girl. Bertha. Okay, yes. I stand behind you. So, finally, it was David, or what? 
guys, I am like, I'm not okay. I am no longer like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, it was Cynthia's turn to confront Ray. She told him, quote, I bear scars outside and inside that will never heal, unquote. And she went on to say how afraid she is of being tied down and helpless and afraid of the dark and of going out by herself. But she ended by saying that she hopes that he spends the rest of his life inside four walls and suffering the exact same way she suffered. Which yes. is, like, super powerful. Um, and, like, oh, I love her. Like, I'm going to touch on her a little bit more, but just want to get a quick blurb. Um, and also, I'm only saying this next part because it literally cracked me up. And Will had to listen to me laugh about it for, like, five minutes. Okay, I want to hear now. David Parker Ray spoke on his own behalf um, and said that only his attorney had really ever heard his side of the story. Oh my gosh. And like he's having a really hard time emotionally expressing himself. Oh. Okay. I want to throw up. And that after his arrest, he literally lost, lost everything his material possessions, like his home, and also his health. Oh, you poor guy. Cry oh my gosh. Cry me a river. I don't give a shit. Cry me a river, and as Bertha said, burn in hell. So Literally. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, cry me a river. Um... No one gives a shit about the fact that you lost your toy box, bro. Okay? Like, so he said that he had already, the time that he had already spent in prison has changed his life, and he was able to find God. I'm not Oh, gonna, no, 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 no. We're not going to comment on that. Yeah, nope. Oh. Anyway, um, and then although, although he can't change his past, he will always be sorry about it. Gag. I don't care. Yeah. No. So. I just... Like we said before, go step on a thousand Legos. Like, choke on that apology and die. Anyway, um, so ultimately, David Parker Ray was sentenced to 224 years in prison. On May. 224 years? 224 years. Woo! That's some good justice. We love it. Yeah, we're not done yet. Oh, okay, okay. So on May 28th, 2002, David Parker Ray was transported to the Lee County Correctional Facilities in Hobbs, New Mexico, to be questioned by police, hoping to get, you know, build more cases against him. And that day, hours before his interview, and eight months after he began serving his 224-year sentence, <laughs> David Parker Ray died of a heart attack at 62 years old. Are you freaking kidding me right now? Yup. No. Okay, that makes me angry because I'm just kind of like, you don't get to die. Like, you get to spend, like, you, you have to rot. You have to rot. Yep. So even though David Parker Ray is long gone, authorities continue to try to connect more murder victims to him. FBI spokesman Frank Fisher said in an Albuquerque journal, quote, we're still getting good leads. As long as we're getting those leads, and as long as the exposure in the press keeps generating interest in this case, we're going to keep investigating this, end quote. Today, the toy box is being held at the FBI office in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I don't think at all it's able to be viewed. Um, don't know who would want to view that. Don't think it's public. Yeah. 
but just kind of want to touch on some aftermath really quick um to wrap up the episode I just like wanted to share like how Cynthia has kind of managed to take control of her life again after this horrific incident um which like I'm taking the majority of the stuff from her personal website which I'll kind of cite in the source notes which guys check it out because oh I love her so yeah what a queen like way to survive so yes after the trials and lots and lots of healing wow mid yawn sorry (laughs) (laughs) lots of healing uh cynthia managed to get clean from drugs get married and have four children oh yay i'm so happy for her that is amazing she was uh able to become a dental and medical assistant but ended up not pursuing them just kind of due to like her background and just felt like it wasn't a great fit but she continued to find work doing portrait photography and was finding life to be pretty normal, uh, finally, which is so nice. Um, February 2nd, 2009, 11 female bodies were discovered murdered. And they're actually known as, like, the West Mesa murders. Uh, and almost all of these women had ties to sex trade. Okay. And also, Cynthia had pat- crossed paths with almost all of them during their lives. So, in 2010... She said during some time volunteering with Healthcare for Homeless with um, Christine Barber, a reporter for the news, actually reached out to her for an interview. And when Cynthia mentioned, quote, all I want is for there to be a group that pays attention to the women on the street, end quote, together, Cynthia and Christine actually ended up forming a non-for-profit called Safe Sex Work that would later be renamed to Street Safe New Mexico. Oh, my gosh. Presently, Cynthia is separated from her husband, but they remain good friends. And she's raising her boys and some new foster children and is now actually a grandmother, which is, like, so exciting and, like, amazing for her. I bet she's, like, the cutest little grandmother. I I love that story, like, that development where she she overcame her trauma. Like, obviously, like she said, there are, you know, invisible scars that she'll never be able to truly get rid of. But she has, like, she is so strong. And look at her now like she's thriving yeah and she actually said that she has plans to become a lawyer um and hopes to improve the justice system which like oh my gosh I'm like can't stop smiling like that's so amazing like I'm so I know all of David Parker Ray's um you know victims that survived I think that I'm just happy for all of them like for them to be able to be here and like tell their story you know what I mean like and that's what we mean guys like you never know Although your trauma hurts you, you never know how it could help somebody else. And, like, that's such a tough thing to, like, come to terms with. But, you know. Yeah. You need to. I don't even know. Like, it's just such a hard concept to, like, even articulate. Like, trauma is horrific and we don't want anybody to go through it. But, like, think. Like, look. Look at how many people Cynthia has been able to help. Yeah. Due to hers. Like, stay here. Work through it. I know it's so tough and gut-wrenching, but, like, everybody is here to support you. And if yeah. your close friends and family aren't, like, we are. Like, we're always rooting for you guys. I mean, it's so important, but not to get off on another tangent, but. Right. But, but no, like, you're, you're right, though, you know? Cynthia is, like, I mean, these guys, all of these people are, like, the definition of, like, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah. You know? So that is the story of david parker ray aka the toy box killer that was so i mean horrible but the i loved the um 
like the quotes at the end and just kind of hearing about these victims, hearing about all these people. It was honestly great. Oh, yeah. Glad to not. Very well told, Grace. We love you. Glad to no longer have to really think about David Parker Ray for a while. I know. Grace is done talking and thinking and writing and researching David Parker Ray, guys. Correct. So let's be happy for Grace. Let's give her a round of applause. Yay! Yay! But yeah, so I hope that you guys like part two. Um, yeah, I mean. Definitely Grace- was a two-parter, girl, because we're over an hour. I thought that was, I, wow. could you imagine if you would have attempted to do, like, one part of this? Because we were really like, oh, no, it's a one-parter. Don't worry. No, okay, because Grace and I have said, I'm not even joking, guys, for about, let's see, we have nine episodes out right now. This will be episode 10. For about eight of those episodes, we've said, yeah, this is going to be two parts. (laughs) This is going to be two parts. And then we get started, and we're, like, 40 minutes in, and we're like, and that's the story of, and we're like, oh. I know, right? So now we're getting into more, like, juicy cases. Like, I know Meg's next week is going to be crazy. Yes, guys, my next one is going to also be kind of heavy, too. Um, once again, I'm going to say it's definitely two parts, but I could totally see it being like, guys, this is one part. Um, Don't hold us to it. We're trying. It's because we talk fast. And sometimes if we're like, if we're just like going through the story, all of a sudden we're like, oh, okay. Like we did it. Right. We did it. We get too into it. And yeah. Yes. I'm going to, I know that like technically if you've, or if you've, if you're already listening to this, like, like if you're listening to what we're saying in this moment right now, then you've watched, you've listened to the entire episode, but I just want to thank you guys for just like supporting us. And like, obviously in our bio, like in our, like our podcast bio, we literally say just two ADHD girls, like talking about stuff. But like, I know that some people want to listen to podcasts where it's just kind of like a straightforward shot of like a story. Obviously, you can tell Grace and I sprinkle our little bit of fun and excitement and happiness and energy throughout. So to all of you that like, just love that and can vibe along with us. Thank you. And we love you for that. For real. We love our little true crime addicts. Um, Yes. Yeah. Because it is so fun to I mean obviously Grace and I we love true crime we love researching it it's really interesting for us to you know dig into this 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 world and just dig into all of this information and stuff like that which is why we do this and so it's awesome to be able to share that with you guys you know yeah literally it's always so interesting whenever I'm like yeah I love true crime because like I'm literally just saying like I love reading about murder and it's kind of like oh that's really weird but like it's it's not (laughs) I don't even know how to describe it. Like, it's it's like the, do you know what I mean, though? It's kind of like, wait, no, like, I'm not into, like, killing. Like, it's not what I'm saying. It's just, like, I don't know. Like, it's so interesting. It's honestly the idea of, like, what is in these killers' heads. I, like, like, the psychology behind it is just kind of crazy. And, like, it's just, like, wild. Like, for an hour or whatever, we get to put ourselves, like, in these victim situations or, like, even, like, sometimes in the mind of these crazy people which is like such a scary place to be but it's so important to like be able to actually understand that and like Mm -hmm. just like empathize with the victims empathize with families of the murderers and like you know the victims along with it but like it's just wild like I don't know I also love oh sorry go ahead no I said it's been a cool experience for us to do this but yeah tangent (laughs) no I I like our tangents though and other people have told us they like our tangents I, I love being able to tell the story, though, like, of, of, of these victims and be able to, like, tell the story of who they were and, you know, how even though, 
you know, their death was like, if, you know, sometimes they died a horrible death, but it's like, I want to be able to tell these stories and like, tell you guys this, this was a great person. Let's talk about this person for a second. Like it helps to like really share the lives of these beautiful people. Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So yeah. Uh, okay. You got another giant tangent. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Stuck with us. So, oh, well. But yeah. anyway, well, we will see you guys next week. But um, I guess until then, you know, stay not murdered. <laughs> stay safe and stay not murdered, y'all. We love you. <laughs> love you guys. Bye. Bye.